And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 14 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Duboff. And this is around uh, the time of the show where we talk about how you can connect with us on social media. Brett, I will let you do the honors. Yes, uh, so there are uh, three ways to reach us. Well, not really three ways. I guess there's two ways. But um, I was thinking like SoundCloud. I guess you could reach us through SoundCloud. No, 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 there are three ways. Email. Right. So email uh, is laceupbag at gmail.com. This is where you can ask us any questions. I mean, we love just talking for an hour. That's fine. But we want to hear what you guys want. Um, Yeah, your opinion is just as valid as ours. Exactly. Um, even if you don't agree with us, like, you know, yeah. just, yeah, just email we're us not anything. We're supposed to agree with pretty much anything we say. Anything <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We like to debate. Um, sec- uh, then there's also Twitter, which is, uh, Lace, uh, Lace, um, Podcast. Yeah. Uh, at Lace and Podcast, yeah. At Lace and Podcast. Actually, I think it's- is it Lace Up Podcast? I think it might be Lace Up Podcast. <laughs> I should know this yeah. right now. Maybe just put the link in, in the SoundCloud. No, I do that. Um, yeah. So if, but, if there's any way you yeah. can do that, you'll probably just like... No, I, okay, yeah, I just looked. It's Lace M Podcast. Yeah. Um, and then our Facebook is a, uh, is just uh, Facebook at Lace em Up Podcast. Yeah, and um, lace them up on Facebook so you can follow us there. Um, kind of been quiet on on uh, the talk at the front because we've been going through so much information for our show. We got uh, a ton of trades to talk about. Uh, before we get to that, uh, a lot of players have worn number 14 in their NHL career. Among them, a pair of Maple Leafs legends, Sil Abs and Dave Keon, going way, way back there. Uh, Dave Andrewchuk, I think he also played for the Maple Leafs. Uh, um, possible. And won a Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Former Senator Radek Bonk and that rad mullet of his back in the day uh, wore number 14 for years in Ottawa and a bit in Montreal as well. Jamie Benn, of course. Who can forget about Jamie Benn? Uh, Jonathan Chichu, who erupted for so many goals that one year and single-handedly won the Rocket Richard Award. Mike Gillis, the former GM of the Canucks, he actually wore number 14 way back when. Brian Gianta, as well, of the New Jersey Devils. Jordan Eberle. Uh, Trevor Linden, actually, during his time with Montreal, he wore number 14. Patrick Marlowe, in his early days with the Sharks, he wore number 14 as well. Oh. Uh, Craig McTavish, Theo Fleury, as well. Theo Fleury, a longtime Calgary Flame. And uh, to every single... Other individual that I probably left off the list, um, and probably there are several people that are just like, why didn't you include them on this list? Hey, I'm bound to overlook some people. So to everyone who wore number 14, we salute you. And with that, we are off episode number 14, and it starts off with probably the biggest trade of the season. Yeah. Um, hold on one second. <laughs> Someone just got home. Um, But, yeah, so, uh, right, we have 
Um, yeah, the biggest trades, I don't think, well, of, definitely of the year, but, like, of the season, um, what, what not. Um, so, it's, uh, so what, it's the first, it's one of the first ever one-on-one trades. You don't get those often, I should say. It's, yeah, it's a rare. There are one-on-one trades. They're yeah. usually, like, minor side note deals, but this is a very big deal. Right, exactly. So, uh, Ryan Johansson, who's had contract disputes with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, fine but it got pretty messy. Right, right. He, he, there was, it got pretty messy. Then he supposedly had a feud with Tortorella, but we don't know if that's actually accurate or not. Um, yeah. And then um, then you have this guy, uh, Seth Jones from Nashville Predators, who was drafted fourth overall uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and he, um, you know, they have Shea Weber, they have Roman Yossi. They don't really need it. They have a ton of defense. So they don't really need Seth Jones, but um, yeah. yeah. So they uh, they got traded to each other. Nashville needed a number one center. Columbus needed a better defenseman pair or someone to guide them in the future. So they both got their guy. I feel like this is one of those trades where like it makes like I'm not even sure how we didn't think of it before. It's just like it makes sense. Nashville needed a center. Um, and Columbus needed defense, you know, so it it makes sense in that area, um, or that side of things. Um, yeah, um, it, it, it makes sense, and, and both teams, like, this is a 50-50 trade. Right. Short-term and long-term, I would argue. I mean, Johansson's got the biggest upside. Right. But Seth Jones brings what Columbus needs, and on paper, this looks like uh, a fair trade-off on both ends. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think it's, I think it's the with Nashville. Nashville is now like a more of a contender than they were beforehand. Um, with because um, now they have you know they have they have defense. I mean, Pecorini hasn't been as great as he usually is, but I expect that to pick up soon. Um, yeah, and then. They were, they were- as you were mentioning, they were lacking that extra offensive force. Yeah. And that's nothing I mean, against James Neal and Michael Forsberg. Phil Forsberg, but yeah. they need more depth. Right, now exactly. Now you've got Johansson in the equation. You know what he's capable of bringing. You have more options to work with. Yep. And now you've gone from a playoff team, as you mentioned, to a playoff team that could go deep. Or yep. at least give the Hawks and Kings a run for their money. Because as we all know, um, the LA Kings and the Chicago Blackhawks, even though, say what you will about the Dallas Stars and and maybe even the St. Louis Blues. But the Hawks and the Kings are the two front runners for the Western Conference Finals. They always have been for the past couple of years. And other than Dallas, that could probably give them a good run for their money. The National Predators just became that team because yeah. of this one trade. Yeah, uh, that's that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I think it's good. it's good for the Predators in the short term. Um, but I could see it, like, if, like, let's say Seth Jones becomes, like, this big, you know, player in, uh, in Columbus, like, they may regret it in a couple of years, and, like, you know, let's say the Predators don't win the Cup, um, which is possible, which is very possible. I, I, I don't think really anyone expects the Predators to win the Cup this year anyway, even right. with this trade, but going forward, they're going to be a Cup contender, but I mean, that's where they want to be, like, they've... 
they've had problems not not making the playoffs some years, but just going deep. Like they last yeah. year, they they got Chicago, and that's not no, a no. Matchup, but, but my they, point. They gave them a good run for the money, but but first round exit still nonetheless. But my point and, is, and the one time they went deep into the playoffs was the second round, and they lost to uh, the Coyotes, who ended up going to the Western Conference Finals that right. year. And if everything worked in their favor, they probably would have gone to the Conference Finals that year. Ryan Johansson gives them that ability to go deep, and and that's what they were missing. But my point is, is that in a couple of years, you have like you know Shea Weber's thirty years old. Roman Yossi's uh, getting older, too. So it's like, and, you know, Seth Jones is only 23. So I, I feel like my my only point is is that, like, you know, the time is now for, like, Shea Weber is not going to, might, re, you know, regress soon. Um, so it's like the time is now for the Predators in order to be a contender. But because now that they don't have their, you know, a, a defenseman of the future in uh, Seth Jones, I mean, of course, you have Roman Yossi, you have Ryan Ellis, um, you know, you have a couple of good defensemen as well, but um, at home. But it's like, you know, it's still, it's like Seth Jones still has a ton of potential. Um, so oh, yeah, and, and you look at his only season with the Portland Winterhawks in the WHL. Yeah. seen the likes of Marion Gosa make it big in the NHL. Jones was almost a point-per-game player. Right. He knocked 14 goals, 56 points in 61 games. In the playoffs, he tacks on another 15 points in 21 games. Then he goes to the Memorial Cup, posts 14, uh, four points in five games, rather. Right. And he leads his team to the tournament finals, and they lose to Nathan McKenna and the Mooseheads from Halifax. So, right. Uh, Seth Jones, uh, you know, he had a lot of hype in, in junior. And like you said, a fourth overall pick. Um, he's only compiled 11 points in 41 games with the Preds this year. Um, but in his rookie year, he finished with six goals and 25 points in 77 games. And in his second year, the year of the sophomore slump, he improved in all three categories. He scored eight mm. goals, he got 27 points, and he played in 82 games. And on top of that... He improved from a minus 23 in year one to a plus three in year two. Right. I mean, uh, but, like, you have to think about the fact that he's only 21 years old. Yeah. Um, and so he's only going to get better. Um, and, but, like, I feel like this is, like, a smart move for Columbus, even. Because it's like, you're not going to sign Johansson in the future, whatever it is, whatever happened in Columbus, he just, you know, he wasn't happy, whatever. Um, yeah. And then, um, and then you get this guy in defenseman who's like, you know, who could be your key guy in defenseman. And I was, I'm just looking at Columbus's defenseman yeah, right now. Yeah, there's like, uh, really, you have Ryan Murray, um, who's also young. You have uh, Zach Wawrinski, but everyone else um, is either really old or, and can't, you know, can't be that guy, um, uh, for the, you know, for the team. Like, I guess you have Jack Johnson, but he doesn't really count. Um, yeah, so. yeah and like, if, if you allow me to expand on that, like, Jack Johnson, Federer Tutin, and David Savard are basically your yeah. top three. After that, you have Kevin Connaughton, who was put on waivers by the Dallas Stars last yeah. year. You have Justin Falk, acquired last season by a trade. Justin Cody Falk? is this season the <laughs> oh, yeah, league, yeah. but he's only played in 76 games in the NHL. And Ryan Murray, as you mentioned, he's a top three pick from a few years ago, 
but this guy's been hampered by right. injuries. And then you have Dalton Prout, who's racked up 190 penalty minutes in 173 NHL games. Yeah. They need a guy like Jones on the back end, as you mentioned, and, and this couldn't have come at a better time for them. Right, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah. now they're likely going to get like an Austin Matthews, they'll pull Kuvarvi, they're the worst in the league. So they're, yeah. this is basically a... Um, this is basically a uh, you know a rebuilding year for them. Um, exactly, and and, 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 and like going to be deadly with all the prospects they have. Yeah, and the players that they have too. And they have uh, you know they have Ryan Murray. They have Zach Wierenski, who had a good um, World Junior. Yeah. So like you know yeah, and now you add Seth Jones, so it's it's like a good young D crew. So now all they need to worry about is who their center is. Of the yeah. future, but they have you know they have time and they can probably they will probably get that guy in the draft uh, this year. Um, but like and then for the yeah, so it's like it's a, a smart move for I feel like Predators win this trade in the short term, um, but in the long term I feel like Columbus will go out on top. Like in a couple of years, we'll be like, oh, Columbus, you know, like Columbus is the smartest team ever, you know. What, Seth Jones or whatever. Yeah, like it's the both teams took advantage of the assets they had. Like, yep. Nashville, they had more than enough defense, and that's the only reasons why a guy like Seth Jones became expendable is right. because they had too much defense. And when you look at the Preds, they were missing that that one piece. And Ryan Johansson got dealt because Columbus had a solid, has a solid crop of young offensive players, as we mentioned numerous times on this podcast. And a team like Nashville needed a guy like Ryan Johansson. Um, and and funny fact about Ryan Johansson, he was also a fourth overall pick. Right. And he also played for the Portland Winterhawks. <laughs> oh yeah, this I, I remember reading that. Years before Seth Jones uh, played his only yeah. year. Apparently they're good friends, too. He was a 25-goal scorer in his rookie campaign, a a point-a-game player, too. Um, And then he eclipses the 90-point plateau in year two. He was a 40-goal scorer then and continued to improve in the playoffs from then on. And he also played in the World Juniors, albeit not for the same country. Nine points in seven games uh, at the 2011 World Juniors for Canada and Buffalo. Um, Yeah. What I didn't know is, and I don't know why I didn't stumble across this sooner, before his breakout season two years ago, he scored just 14 goals and 33 points in his first two NHL seasons, one of which was cut short by a league-wide dispute. But still, uh, we shouldn't be all that surprised that maybe he's not producing at the level we're all expecting him to because he, he's, he's gone through this before and everyone's acting like, you know, all oh, this is, you know, his first big slump. He's, he's gone through this before. And when he played in the AHL during the lockout, he gets 33 points in 40 games and then the right. success slowly starts to come his way. And in his debut with Nashville, he gets his first multi-point yeah, game I was about to mention and that. he scores his first goal. Yeah, I was about to mention that uh, in his first game, they, uh, Nashville get, uh, in his first shot, Ryan Johansson got a goal, and then he got an assist later in the game, and then he, I guess he was, he was also on the ice, um, for the third goal, but the Predators lost 5-3, to three, which means they, uh, you know, they're, they're lacking defense now, um, but, um, yeah, but, um, and, 
and Seth, yeah, now they need all they need is a young defenseman now. Um, but uh, and then uh, Columbus also lost last yesterday too. Um, to Carolina, four to one. Jones didn't. Yeah, Jones had a minus three, I think, but it was four to one. Yeah, but I I do have a question for you because since yeah. these are both um young players, uh, Johansson's twenty three, uh, Jones is twenty one. So which would you rather have, a top center? Or a top defenseman in terms of like like a potential, I should say, a potential top center or a potential top defenseman. I know uh, they're both kind of uh, the top def- the top um, in their position right now. They're both are tough to come by. Right. I, well, I feel like centers are um, are more common though, because I feel like there's a, a ton of centermen out right yeah. now. Whereas, like, defensemen, there aren't too many out there right now. It's so, like, rare to find a good defenseman who's good offensively and defensively. And that's, I think that's why Shea Weber got signed to that massive deal, because right. Nashville knew how rare a breed those defensemen are. Yeah. Um, so, see if, it, it depends on what your needs are, and I, I know that's the easy way out to say it, <laughs> um... If I already if I already have too much defense, you know, I pick and choose, you know, who's going to be in it for the long haul. Right. Like if I had the opportunity to choose between those two, a, a tough choice, but I would go with the top defenseman all the way. Yeah, I guess it's more like a question of, like, would you rather have, like, a Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel type, or an Aaron Ekblad, you know, Seth Jones type? I don't know who's another young... Yeah, it's, it, you it, know? It, 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 I guess it all depends with what... One person can do, and, and yeah, you know, I mean it all. It all, yeah. I guess you're right. It all depends on what your team is. Like, of course, you need both in order to be successful in this league. Yeah. But I feel like since there are a lot of like capable, like the difference between a good center and a great center is, um, like, is you know, is much. There's a lot more good centers and great centers in the league than there are uh, good and great defensemen um, yeah. in this league. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a matter of okay, on a scale of one to ten, is this guy a once in a generation kind of player? Right. And, and I, yeah, based on that answer, that that's that's what I would base my decision. <laughs> so not on their position, but on. If they're yeah, what, what they provide, what but, they provide, yeah. But uh, given the given the choice, I, I think Columbus is is is, is going to be pretty well. Now they just need to build around Steph Jones because yeah. he's he, other than Jack Johnson, who's been kind of hot and cold uh, over the past couple of years in Columbus. Um, that they need more than just Jack Johnson, and Seth Jones. They still have a long way to go, and I doubt they're done either. Right, yeah, um, that is a good point. I th- it should be interesting to see in the future what they do or what's going on with them. Um, all right, so uh, so that's the future. Uh, now we're going to talk about the present, current All Stars. Um, yeah, so the All Star game was the All Star selection was announced on Wednesday. We announced. Uh, I think we talked about it um, in the last episode about. John Scott, 
Um, Yager, Kane, and Ovechkin being the captains. So now the full team is finally announced. Um, so I think what we're going to do is I'm just going to list uh, each division. Or I'm just going to go one division at a time. And then after that, we'll just talk about who got snubbed, um, who are you happy for kind of thing. Um, so let's start with the, our favorite division, the Atlantic division. Um, not biased at all. <laughs> Patrice Bergeron. Uh, so here are the forwards. Patrice Bergeron, Yamir Yager, the captain, Leo Komarov, uh, Dylan Larkin, Ryan O'Reilly, Steven Stamkos. Um, and th- so those are your forwards. Uh, your defensemen are Aaron Ekblad, Eric Carlson, P.K. Subban. And then here are your goalies are Ben Bishop and Roberto Luongo. Um... For me, I was surprised that there weren't more Habs. I mean, I'm happy that there's no more Habs, so I only get to root for PK, which I'm, I guess I'm okay with. But, I'm a bit stunned that Patches was left off. Yeah, I thought, Patches, I, thought there were, I thought Patches would definitely be in. Makes sense. That, I mean, I, I guess it's not that surprising that Price isn't in, considering he probably won't play anyways. But yeah. um, I thought that was a little surprising, I guess. Um, and also, uh, yeah, Patches, uh, Gallagher, I guess, could have been in. Um, there was a couple of other Montreal players that, like, you know, started off hot. The candidates maybe, but yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think he, he, he'd really be an all-star. Like, I know what he yeah. provides to the team, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm I more... Think, I think uh, uh, as far as, you know, guys that you want to see, I think you'd rather see Pacioretty over McCannis in a best-on-best situation. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't I don't think that's... Um, yeah, I think I would rather see Pacioretty. Um, and then, I, I mean, but, I, like, in terms of who I'm happy for, I'm, I'm happy Leo Komarov is in. Yeah. Um, that's a good story. This is a homer snub for me. Uh, I thought... I thought David Krejci deserves to be in, or uh, Brad Marchand, but I'm, I'll think, I'll live with Bergeron as the yeah, only I think guy. Krejci, the fact that he's on the IR probably yeah. influenced the final lineup. Yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, I don't even know if even if he was healthy, they would put him in, just based on how the Bruins are doing. But, um, but yeah, you, you, you just want to see John Scott go after Brad Marchand, don't you? No. Or, or vice versa. That's, that's probably why you want Marshawn. No, no, no. I mean, they wouldn't even play each other. But <laughs> I, I, I just, I really want, no, I want Brad Marshawn in, first off, because he's a skilled player. He's a good, skilled player. He's, he's put up good numbers, And too, people yeah. need to see that he's not just, like, a pest, even though he is a pest. Yeah. But also, it would force... Maple Leafs, Senators, and Canadians fans to root for him. So yeah. that's that's the really the main reason why I wanted Marshawn in. Yeah. But um, uh, and it's also surprising that Dylan Larkin was the only Red Wings guy. I mean, good for him. I'm sure he's uh, he's glad to be in there. But it's still kind of surprising that it's not like Zetterberg or um, Tatsuk. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other opinions? <laughs> well, I'm, honestly, I was a bit surprised at first that Dylan Larkin got, and then I looked at his numbers and found out that he leads the NHL in plus minus. For a rookie, but that's a little. Plus minus is something. Well, 
Well, t plus minus is kind of a useless stat because you know it doesn't really correlate. But yeah, I guess that's a good point. Twenty points in forty games, so that's a pretty good stat to have as well. True, true. To, to but like kind of Zetterberg, but Zetterberg has thirty points in forty-one games. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was a bit surprised he got left off. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have chosen him over Larkin. Like, I, I'm not saying that Larkin isn't an all-star. I just don't know if if he was an all-star this year, though. Right. That's my only thing. But, yeah, I like Komarov getting him for sure. I'm um, he, arguably the least best player outside of Kadri. Uh, works hard. He's a team player. And probably their most consistent goal scorer this year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good on Komarov. I, I, I like the fact he got um, Yeah, and it's also like you, our, our defensemen are um, it's, uh, Ekblad, Carlson, and Subban are, like, top level. Like, it's kind of tough to beat those guys. Um, so I look forward to that. Um, but I guess I was kind of surprised that Ben Bishop got in. Um, I mean, I know he's been playing well. It's not that impressive to look at, but his GAA is below 2.10. Yeah, that's true. I know he's playing well. I just, I don't know. I just thought, like, maybe, I don't know. I guess I'm not even sure who else would be good. Tuka, I would want Tuka, but um, yeah, now that I think about it, I guess it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's not like there's a ton of goalies. All right, so then we go to the Metropolitan. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, here are our forwards. Nicholas Backstrom, Claude Giroux, Denny Malkin, Alex Ovechkin, your captain, Brandon Saad, John Tavares, um, and then for your D-men, uh, Justin Falk, uh, not the Columbus guy, uh, Chris Letang, Ryan McDonough are your defensemen, and then your goalies are Braden Holtby and Corey Schneider. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess the obvious snub is uh, Sidney Crosby, but I've been. it's not like you would go anywhere. Um, it would have been really cool, though, to see, like, Ovechkin, Crosby, and Tavares all in the same, uh, at least on the same time, just so, like, the three generational talents all in the same row. But it'll also be cool to see like Ovechkin and Malkin play together. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll deal. Um, but um, yeah, uh, I think yeah. So I guess the obvious snub is uh, Crosby. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other? Um, the fact that Holby and Schneider are playing some of their best hockey is probably the only reason that King Henrik wasn't an All Star this year. Yeah, that's a good point. And Lundqvist kind of. Struggled, uh, yeah, he's, too. He, he's been going through struggles so far. But yeah. Even if he wasn't, I, I still think Holtby and Schneider would have come in because Holtby and Schneider have, have, on some nights, single handedly given their team a chance to win. Yeah. Uh, and even get the W when they had no business winning. So Holtby uh, and Schneider are playing out of their minds. King Henrik is, is, is still King Henrik. He's still one of the elite goalies. But. Um, I'm, I'm not all that surprised that he got snubbed simply because Holtby and Schneider are playing so well. Yeah. Um, I'm, fu I'm glad that Backstrom finally got his time. It's yeah, I have to mention that. 37 points in 37 games this year. Six of his first eight seasons, he scored at least 65 points, and at this rate, he will do so in seven of his first nine. Um, this is a guy who's received pretty high praise from almost everyone around the league, and I'm glad everyone else finally took notice. 
Yeah, that's a good point. It's, it'll be cool to see, like, everyone, um, you know, um, pay attention to him. I yeah, hope they, him and Obi try the one-timer from this lot at least once. <laughs> yeah, they, they will, I'm sure. I am kind of surprised, though, that, like, Ryan McDonough made it in. I thought, I don't know, maybe, like, you, I guess you can make a case, like, John Carlson. Um, yeah. Although I guess if you have three, if you have four capitals on your on the same team, would be kind of yeah, weird. I think, that's, I think that's probably why John Carlson. Right, did but it. I mean, like, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't even know if there's another good defenseman that you would put in replace for him. I guess, yeah, I guess like uh, Boychuk, but he's injured. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I guess. Um, Yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's just the I guess those are the I mean Justin Falk's great obviously and Chris Letang's good offensively but I don't know I thought there were more good defensemen in the Metropolitan I guess not. Well, there are good defensemen, but I don't think there are any that provide as good a blend of offense and defense yeah. as those three. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, that's a good point. It should be interesting to see that. Um, all right, I guess we'll go to um, the central, the overall favorite right now. Yeah. Um, so forwards, we got Jamie Benn, Matt Duchesne, Patrick Kane, the captain, Tyler Sagan, Vladimir Tarasenko, and Jonathan Taze. For defense, you got uh, Dustin Bufflin, Roman Yossi, and Shea Weber. And then for goalies, you got Devin Dubnik and Pekka Rene. Um, we talked about before how Rene has, hasn't had a great year, so that's kind of surprising that he got in. Um, but, like, considering this is in Nashville, it, I mean, it makes sense that he's in. Um, as, uh, I'd, um, also, I think the, the snub is Blake Wheeler. Yeah. Um... And Dustin Bufflin, I don't know if he should have been in. Maybe you put in Duncan Keith instead. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like their forward... the reason they didn't put Duncan Keith in is because you already have Kane and Taves there. Yeah, that's true. But, like, I feel like... I don't know. I I feel like you do, could just you get... you put Corey Crawford in over Pecorine? Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would... What I would do is I would replace Taves with... Blake Wheeler, put Duncan Keith instead of Bufflin. I mean, I love Taze, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if he's, like, he's having a great year, you know? At least one representative is, is the buzzkill there. Yeah. Uh, and and, and that's, that's why probably... Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you, put, you put Blake Wheeler... Lineup. But if, 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 if there weren't, if there weren't um, that representative limits, um, then definitely um, you would have... Uh, you, you would have uh, seen guys like Blake Wheeler again, I think. Well, that's why I said you put Blake Wheeler instead of Taze, okay. and then you get rid of Bufflin, and you uh, put in Duncan Keys or someone. Yeah. Um, that, that's, I mean, I, that, I had that in mind. I'm kind of sh- surprised that Duchesne was in, not McKinnon. Um, uh, Duchesne's been playing very well. I, I'm not surprised. I think, I, think his, I think his honors were well-deserved. But McKinnon's been pretty good, too, Duchesne's so... But McKinnon's been pretty good too, so um, 
this is this is the problem with the Central Division. There are a lot of players that are getting destroyed. Yeah. Like John Kling, John Klingberg. Yeah. Thirty-eight points in his second NHL season, but he gets right. enough because you already have Ben and Sagan on that stack. Honestly, the roster. honestly, what? And, and, and you look at their defense, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, Buffalo and Rielsi and Weber. Like, where are you going to put Klingberg? Right, right. Honestly, what they what the Central should have been is just all stars and Blackhawks <laughs> with uh, like McKinnon and uh, a Tarasenko. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a good point. It's kind of there's oh we knew that there's going to be a ton of snubs here, but I thought at least for your like for the team representatives of the Colorado Avalanche and the Winnipeg Jets, I thought that was going to be Wheeler and McKinnon, not Bufflin and uh, Duchesne. Um, not that they haven't had a great year either, but it's just, you know, I guess it's just a thing. Although, I'd like to see Blake Wheeler in it simply because he's having a breakout season. Yeah, exactly. this kind of play from him, and we don't know if he's going to get a shot like this again. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there are too many we're too happy for in terms of the question, original question that I had. I'm glad Devin Dubnik is in. Um, yeah, I like, I like Dubnik. I, I'm yeah. glad he made it, and considering where he was a couple of years ago in exactly. the season he had last year, no one thought um, that a, a year after the trade to Minnesota that he was going to be an all-star. And I'm glad Roman Yossi got in now, you know. Yeah. He played really well when the Bruins played him, played the Preds um, a yeah. couple of weeks ago. So um, he, is a, he is a good player, so I can see why people, like, it's might be interesting to see, you know, now he's on a national stage kind of thing. Uh, but it is Nashville, so it's like, you know, yeah. it's going to be in Nashville, so it makes sense that he's in. Uh, for Pacific Division, we got, uh, for forwards, we got Johnny Goudreau, Taylor Hall, Joe Pavelski, uh, Corey, uh, Corey Perry, John, John Scott, your captain, um, and Daniel Sedin. Um... And then for your D-men, you got Brent Burns, Drew Doughty, and Mark Giordano. And then for your goalies, you got John Gibson and Jonathan Quick, your two American goalies who are named John. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, in terms of the obvious snubs are your Coyotes, um, if, if it wasn't for John Scott with OEL and um, Max Domi. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, you a bit surprised that Kopitar got uh, the cold shoulder there? Yeah, I am a bit. Um, yeah, I think that's... He uh, really dominated offensively, but still Kopitar. Yeah, you know, I mean... Yeah, it is... I'm just looking here. I guess the Kings only got two guys, and I thought they would have three... Uh, I don't know. No, they don't. But, um, yeah, it's just Drew Doughty and, um, quick. But, uh... It's pretty wide open here, though, like... Yeah, or Tyler Toffoli, you can make a case for that statue. Um, Calgary and and Edmonton and and, and Vancouver. Yeah. You look at, uh, you look at the stacked uh, central division, like, any one of their goalies, I think... Uh, could have could have made uh, the the goaltending list. Like jo- Jonathan Quick definitely deserves to be in there. Right. But John Gibson, as good as he's been, you know he doesn't have really the experience factor to make him an all star this early in his career. 
Right, yeah, especially since he just joined the team in, like, I think December, so it's like, yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, I, ago, yeah. I mean, I guess, I don't even know who you would put in, I guess, Kerry Ramo, maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, probably, Martin Jones. I don't know how well he's played recently. I think Ramos even the closest guy. Martin Jones. Um, I guess yeah, you can make a case Ma- for that. Martin Jones has actually been playing pretty well. Um, Ryan Miller. I guess you could make a case for yeah, that too. But he's hurt and yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> it'd be kind of fun. I was, I was reading somewhere that would be funny if like Henrik Sedin like pretended to be Daniel Sedin in the <laughs> All Star game. See if anyone That'd would notice. Coach, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, it would be. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of funny when you think about it. It's just like this is like the first time we'll see like a yeah. Sadine not with their twin brother. Um, yeah, I mean, it, somehow even if it's not on the ice. All right. Um, I mean, in terms of snubs, I guess uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh but I guess you can't go wrong with Taylor Hall. Leon yeah, Drysaddle. Taylor Hall's been playing good. Um, Drysaddle's been playing good. I don't. I don't know if he's an All Star yet. Tyler Toffoli, um, as well. Um, yeah, he's he, he's getting he's getting to All Star status. Uh, yeah, he has the most points of the Kings right now. He leads the Kings in points right now with thirty one. So. Um, yeah, I guess those guys. So, all right. So, anyways, so we um, so we announced now we announced the roster of all four teams. Uh, who do you think has, has the best chance of winning? Right now, well, that's a rather redundant question. I think the Central Division. Yeah, it's their it's their tournament to lose, basically. It's yeah, million dollars to lose. They're the hands down favorite. So, so yeah. So um, the way that it's going to break down, just as a reminder to everyone, it's. The first period, it's for, well. First off, it's three on three. So the first period is the Atlantic versus the Metropolitan, and the second division, the second period is the uh, Central versus the Pacific, yeah. and then the final, the third period is the winners of those two games. Ah, uh, that's how it works. Um. So yeah. So it's like a weird mini tournament. Um. Like that, so well. That's why I was saying that it's not that big of a deal considering the for John Scott to be in, considering they'll they'll almost definitely yeah, lose to the Central. Play that much, I guess. Right. So uh, it's not as big of a deal. Um, but like, I am interested in the Atlantic versus Metropolitan because I feel like that's going to be the close, the closest race, um, or the closest matchup, just because yeah. I feel like. Their forwards are about the same. Their defensive, their defensemen are about the same. I mean, I think Metropolitan's better defensively, um, in terms of goalies and defensemen. But, um, but the Atlantic has better forwards, um, so it should be interesting in that sense. Um, so I think I'm gonna go with the Atlantic and the Central as the as the final team. Um, and then the Central will win it and win a million dollars or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, although maybe, like, John Scott will, you know, everyone will feel bad for John Scott and <laughs> they'll force it, they'll, uh, they'll make the the Pacific to win. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I, I think it would be a very, 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 very 
uh, it would be very surprising to see the Central not make the finals at least. Yeah, uh, that would be that would be the shock. <laughs> I think the Atlantic could be their biggest threat. If you ask me who the Central's biggest threat is, it's the Atlantic Division. Ben Bishop and Roberto Luongo is your two goalies. I think you said time and time again, defense leads to good offense. Yeah, true. And I, I think that's what the Atlantic has going for them. So the Atlantic yeah. could be a huge underdogs, but I think if anyone can beat the Central, it's the Atlantic. Uh. Yeah, I think actually, well, I mean, we were just talking about how the Metro has, you know, Holpe and Schneider, so if they get on a roll and if they actually care. Um, they, they, actually, they also have a stacked offense. And they have a stacked there. offense, too, so, yeah, so, I mean, I feel like you can't, you can't um, discredit them, um, no. the Metro, either. Um, Alright, so, that's our two topics of the day. I guess we're now down to the... We're now calling this the rapid fire. Um, I think I like that better than what we had originally. Um, So, yeah, so these are just a list of topics. We're just going to, you know, rapid fire, exactly, um, how we're doing this really quickly. So Panthers won 11th straight, uh, franchise record. Um, It's kind of cool, as we were just talking about with... uh, Roberto Luongo and Yager leading the team basically, um, and they're you know they're over forty, they're over thirty. You got they got Nick Bukestag bat, although he hasn't done that much. Um, Barkov's been pretty good too, so um, it's good that you know um, there's it's uh, I'm I'm even though they're in my di- in the Bruins division, I'm glad for them. Like it's and kinda, they continue to gain a lot yeah. of ground on everyone else in the division. Speaking of which, at last check, they were six points ahead of the second place Red Wings. Yeah, they're they're gaining ground in the close division right now, um, and you know it's like it's kind of weird because like I definitely don't like Montreal, but like everyone else in my division, I like I'm happy if they're winning. <laughs> it's kind of weird, I guess. I mean Toronto, I guess I would care, and Buffalo, I would care, but. Other than that, I wouldn't really care who, you know, obviously I would want Boston to win, but um, I'm glad for Florida, even though they're in my division. Um, Le Cavier and Luke uh, Luke Shen went to the Kings. Um, I forget who the uh, Flyers got back, but uh, Le Cavier... um, I I think it's Bradley Beal or something like that. Yeah, I think it's some minor leaguer, right? Um, yeah, and like Wheel, I think it is. Brandon Wheel and a third-round draft pick. Oh, right, right, right. Um, LeCavier got an assist in his first game at, in L.A. It's kind of like it's, it's such a typical thing for the Kings is like they get a guy from the Flyers or Columbus and then all of a sudden that guy does really well <laughs> in L.A. Um, and Luke Shen, his younger brother, Brayden, got traded from yeah. L.A. to Philly, so it's only fitting that Luke goes from the city of brotherly love to the city of angels <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's uh, apparently this might be Le Cavier's last year, so um, so it could be. Um, it's it's an interesting, um, you know, it's one of those things. Like he's already won a Stanley Cup, he even captained that team. So, um, but uh, that was a long time ago, which is weird. That it was in two thousand four, um, but um, yeah. So it's uh, it should be. It adds like depth. To LA, like we can I, see. I'm gonna make this short and sweet. The Flyers needed to shed some cap. The Kings needed another bet. Yep. 
Exactly. And, 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 they can't, and it should be mentioned that the Flyers retain half of Shen's and LeCavalier's sour. Yeah. Um, speaking of a former King and Flyer, uh, Mike Richards, yeah. Mike He's Richards back. to the, uh, to the Capitals, uh, waiver claim. So, uh, yeah, and that's another thing with the veterans, uh, going to, um, you know, helping out the Capitals in their playoff run. Um, one year deal, so it's nothing long term. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that should be, um, that also should be something you're looking out for, but it's good to have that veteran presence, especially for... find his groove again yeah. like he had in Philly and, and help the Capitals offensively? Because if he can, this is bad, bad news for the Metropolitan. Yeah, especially, well, and, it, and especially since, like, Mike Richards has playoff experience where not a lot of the guys on the Capitals, like, know how to win in the playoffs on the Capitals. Yeah. So I think this is good because, like, a, he's a good locker room guy. Just as long as he stays off the the cocaine, um, yeah, and yeah. he'll. Uh, and you also got Justin Williams to lean on too, like one yeah. of his more teammates. So it's not. So you like got yeah, exactly. You got Mister Game Seven and Mister Comeback on yeah. all on the same team. So, um, so yeah, I guess it's it's a good move for the Capitals um, in terms of just a locker room guy um, to have there. Uh, the Finns won uh, the World Junior Classic, World Junior Classic, the World Junior Championship over Russia. We were both off. I had the Finns beating Sweden, um, but I, d- I didn't have that Russia would beat USA. Um, yeah, none of the teams I predicted to make the final. Yeah, yeah, you were you were way off. You were more off than I am, which is kind of funny considering I didn't watch any of the games. Most of the games, and <laughs> you watched yeah, all of them. Close though, all semifinals yeah. were two one. Um, and I think Pul Pul has like had like the most points of a um of a nineteen year old um or like he tied Gretzky and um yeah, yeah uh, like some 15, other guy sixteen points or something like that. Yeah, so uh, so um and then uh, Patrick Lane also looked good too. So I had a feeling the Finland would win. Um, just because they had, because I knew they had those two guys, but um, I have to admit, though, after that three-two goal, after watching the Russian captain lose it, yeah, I thought the Russians were going to fall off the rails and this thing was over. But <laughs> they get an equalizer in the dying seconds, and quite the stunning finish in overtime. Pun definitely intended. <laughs> uh, second goal for Finland in three years, and how about yeah, it was a nice captain? goal too. How about the Maple Leafs prospects again? Yep. Yeah, Pittsburgh uh, really misses him now, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, it was a nice goal, too. Uh, over, overtime hero, celebrity status in Finland. Yeah, it was a nice goal. Because very good for the fans. I'm very happy for him. Um, yeah, it was a nice goal, too. Um, yeah, it was a sick wraparound, too. Um, yeah. The, the, the character that both teams showed, it was very back and forth. Yeah. There was this save by the Finnish goalie when it was 2-1 Russia. If Russia scores on that backdoor feed, it's 3-1, and he stops it, and, and that changes the game completely. Yeah. That was a big-time save. Uh, uh, I can't remember his, his, his name, uh, <laughs> but uh, Kakanen or something. Uh, yeah. any, anyways, he, he, he saved his team with that game and saved their chance of a gold medal with on that play in the third period, uh, everything changes if he doesn't make that save. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, and as for the U.S. getting bronze, um, you know, of course it's disappointing, but at least, you know, at least you got something. We're better than Canada. What? Like, you lose a tight 2-1 to game to Finland, yeah. and then you get your butt spanked 8-3 the next day. Yeah. At least the U.S. is better than Canada, so that's all I have for us in the U.S. <laughs> A lot of teams are better than Canada this year, and if you, <laughs> you look at the standings, we finished six. So, <laughs> um, so sh- we talked. We I feel like we talked about this over the off season, but uh, Shannon Kirk is now on the trade block, according to uh, Craig Custins, who's an ESPN uh, insider guy. Um, I mean, I don't. There's not not yet on word on who's interested, although I think I think I read somewhere that the Bruins are interested. Although um, I'm not sure, considering the cap stuff, I'm not sure if it will work out. Because um, I don't want to trade Louis Erickson if that's um, at least for this year uh, before the trade block. But that might be. A- how about Columbus getting Shattenkirk? <laughs> That'd be funny. They got they got the prospects, man. But I mean, yeah, but they're they're rebuilding. Like you, the only reason why you'd get you would get Shattenkirk is if you're if you're planning on competing for this year. I feel like you know, like you want to win now, and Columbus doesn't want to win now with the, the moves that they uh, made. That's, that's true too, and the fact that his that his contract is yeah. He's only got this is final year on that deal. You know, they might they might try. I was th- he would be uh he would be an interesting play for like Edmonton, um because yeah. they have like the Blues need some forwards and um Edmonton could give them some forwards. Um, yeah. although I don't know if like knowing Chirelli, he may not want to. He may have learned from the Sagan trade a long time ago, so he may not want to trade like Arnt Anuge. Um, or Yakupov, just based on what happened. They somehow get the first happened. overall pick again. <laughs> they're going to have to trade at least one of them. Yeah. It's not going to be McDavid. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're very close. They really only need a defenseman, and Shattenkirk would be that guy. Um, but it just depends on if you, if you, like, is it worth it if you're going to get rid of, like, R&H, which would probably be what it would be worth. Um I'm not sure if it would be. Um, Arizona, off-season destination. Sean Kirk in Arizona would be interesting. Yeah, actually, is it? Is he? I think he has two years left on his contract. I'm not sure if he's a. Um. Yeah, he has two. Uh, Sean Kirk has two years left. He does. He's not going to be a free agent next uh, in the off-season. Knowing Philly, though, if, if, if they if they need to shed some salary, yeah, and they also have Andrew McDonald, who they're paying $5 million a year to play in the minors, yeah. um, they're probably going to be in the mix for Shattenkirk. I, Detroit. It was, tossed, it was tossed around that the Rangers were probably interested in him as well. Detroit um, would be an interesting move. Um, they kind of need a defenseman. Um I'm just looking at all these contenders that don't really have good defense. Um, yeah, Arizona would be interesting. Um, Tampa uh, Bay. <laughs> um, Tampa Bay. 
Tampa Bay uh, at the right price, maybe. Um, but they already got Victor Hedman, though. Um, True. I, I don't really know about... about you can never have too many defensemen, though. Nada, but, you can um, never have too many defensemen. What about New Jersey, though? New Jersey would like, be interesting. They're not really contenders. No one's expecting them to really do anything, but their yeah. defense, like, it's... It's not much except Larson and Green. True. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not great. Um, yeah, and um, I mean Boston. I just mentioned. Um, although I think the price would be ridiculously high. I'm not sure if it's gonna it would work out for them. Um, all right. I, I, if if Shannon Kirk's on the move, you won't see it till the deadline. Yeah, like, of course. Even with all the trades that have been happening, you don't you don't rush your time with a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk. You wait until you have the yeah. right deal. And if the Blues are going to move him, they're going to make sure they get as much as close to full value as they can. True, and I guess so it's... I, I don't expect anything really quick right off the bat. I don't even know if it's going to happen, considering I, St. Louis... I doubt it either. Like, I mean, I know that's... They, they quickly died off uh, after the season started. Uh, I know that St. Louis has Peter Angelo and and Perico and Perico, but um, so they they would like they can afford to do this because of that. But um, it's still um, you know they're still third in the Central. You know they're still they're still in the playoff hunt. So it's not like you know if you get rid of Shankirk, you're basically saying we're giving up on the season. So unless they get like a big guy that's going to help them improve right away. I'm not sure if they do it. I, I see him moving a guy like Alex Steen. Yeah, but he's been good too. Um, but yeah. He's been good too, but if you look at his contract though. They could they could move like they like, could move. And, and given the fact that he's nearing the prime of his career if he true. happens to slowly pass it But already. I feel like I feel like the for the Blues like the, the you only have like Tarasenko Steen and Peter Angelo and Shattenkirk. Like, those are your four guys that have... Oh, and Allen. But, like, those are your five guys that have been... You know, th- that's basically your team. Um, that's everyone else is not great. Given the fact that they trade T.J. Oshie in the offseason, yeah. right? I guess you, 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 if you... Like, they could... Steen, if you wanted Steen out, you would have done it instead of trading Oshie, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or, um, yeah, that too... Or you could get, uh, I think it's Bacchus's last year, too, so you could get yeah, rid of him, too. I think you want to keep a guy like Bacchus, too. He's yeah, a good character guy to have. Exactly. Especially for a captain. Yeah, he's their captain, yeah. Yeah, too. Um, but it is his contract year. So, but, uh, I'm, I'm not reading too much into that, to be honest. <laughs> uh, Jim Neal uh, got signed for five years. Um, even though Dallas won their last game, but they a lot had lost three in a row um, before that, so they uh, they weren't doing so well. But Jim Nail got close for the season. You didn't think they would. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of, I mean they've they've only lost ten games um, yeah, in regulation and four in overtime, which I didn't even realize. That's like how good they've been doing. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, so I, I agree on the extension front because mm-hmm. Jim Nill certainly earned it given what he's been able to accomplish. Right. Especially on the Patrick Sharp trade, that's paid dividends for them so far. I don't know if 
I think five years might be pushing it. Just ask the Vancouver Canucks for that <laughs> five-year extension with Tortorella. And how long did that last? Oh, yeah, one year. <laughs> well, that's a coach, not a GM. But, yeah. That's, that's true, but it, I'm just saying, if things go south in a couple of years, you, you never know. The NHL is a funny thing. True, but, I mean, with with the all the sightings that he's had, and now that the Stars are t- the top in the league right now, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with it you know it's hard to not give him a contract extension i just don't know if they gave him too much room to work with i i would have closed the book at three years all right and and would have gone on from there i think five years is 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 a bit too much because a a lot can happen in a short period of time and um yeah I, i i recognize that the dallas stars are a very good team and they probably will be for several years but um i i if things go south, they're probably going to regret this. Right. Well, I mean, you could say that for anything. Um, <laughs> that's, that's that's true too. That's true too. So uh, it, 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 right now, I I don't mind it, but in a couple of years, if if they're regressing a little bit, then yeah. that five year extension might come back to haunt them. But yeah, that's a good we point. We won't know until we cross that bridge and we get to it, but. Uh, right now, it seems like a wise sign, the extension itself. I just think five years is a bit too long. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Drew N, uh, well, Drew N's getting a lot of buzz since we last talked, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but the biggest team that's reportedly being aggressive with him, with trying to get him, is uh, Jonathan, uh, is the Habs, or uh, Montreal. Um yeah, so he's uh, the, apparently, reportedly, the Habs are very aggressive in, to get Jonathan Drew in. Um, I was trying to think of like who would be the equivalent to a Drew in on the Habs roster, and all I could think of is Galchenyuk. Yeah. Um, I know Galchenyuk has actually had a pretty good season so far, but um, they're both, you know, he's also been underused by Ethereum. Um in terms of playing time, so yeah. um, I'm not, and you know, they're both, you know, both Duran and Galchenyuk have a ton of potential, clearly, but like, if you, you know, it's, it would be kind of funny, it would be interesting if like, if the Habs do get Duran, um, it'd be like, well, would Therian use Duran even, um, if, if that's how he treats Galchenyuk, who's kind yeah. of the same, similar kind of player. And, and, and Druin's not getting that much playing time in Tampa already, so if right. nothing changes in Montreal, then you yeah. might have a disgruntled Druin on your hands, so, which <laughs> is what Tampa's dealing with right now, and he's playing in the AHL. Right. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Apparently, like, there's a lot of other teams, like 16 teams were at his, at the at that AHL game. He scored two goals in one period, apparently. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, um, so there, a lot of people are interested in that. I don't. I don't. I, I think it depends on where Druin goes, but I don't know if he's going to be. Um, he's going to reach his potential, or what people think he's going to get. And that's um, what that's what people need to be cautious about. Is, yes. You know, the hype around him, what this guy can do, and the potential versus what you have seen from him right now. Yeah. And I really haven't seen enough from him to really pay that much of a high price. And if the right. are going to get him, I, I, even Galchenyuk is, is a bit of a stretch there, considering that 
he's he's been playing a bit more than Druin, and he's he's produced about as much. I was as just looking at it though. So far. I was just looking at it though that Galchenyuk has uh has averages fourteen minutes a game. Yeah. Um. So, but I mean, yeah, of course, Galchenyuk has been able to prove himself that he's been a bit better, um, or a lot better than Druin has been. But uh, yeah, I guess it's not an accurate <laughs> similarity. But I was mostly just talking about in terms of they're both being underused um, in that perspective. Uh, Konechny, I don't know his first name. Yeah, you know more about this. Konechny, uh, yeah, he went to the, uh, he got traded from the Ottawa 67s to the Sarnia Sting. Uh, that's pretty much all I know. You know more about this than yeah. I do. <laughs> um, allow me to expand on this, considering I'm an avid follower. Of yeah, go ahead, man. And I know what this guy uh, is, is able to do, and this guy's a treat to watch, and that's why it sucks to see him go. But if you look at the long term, it didn't surprise me one bit that they did this. It's unfortunate that you have to lose a guy like Travis Konechny in, in, in this deal. They also lost uh, Sam Stanika, uh in this deal, an overager. Um, and they had this four overager system going up. In the OHL, you're only allowed to put three overagers on the game day lineup. The 67s had four, and Stanika was one of them. So basically... One overager would basically sit on the sidelines while the other three overagers um, would get the ice time for any given game, and it would rotate. So one guy would sit out, and then he would go back on the ice the next game, and then another one would come off. Uh. Um, Stadnika was one of their top centers. He great faceoff guy, and Travis Konechny, he, he didn't really score all that much. He, he set up a lot of goals. He had, I think, 45 points for Ottawa before the trade. Um, but I think he had like seven, eight, maybe nine goals this year, which is uh, unlike him considering he scored around 25 to 30 goals in his first two seasons with the team. Um, but Sam Stadnika really stepped it up. He, he, he scored a, a reasonable amount of goals and, and whatever can it, whatever offense uh, goal scoring they didn't they, they couldn't get out of Konechny, Stadnika provided. So you lose him to that uh, to that same deal. He goes to the Sarnia thing along with Travis Konechny. Um, but you look at the return that Ottawa got. Um, they got, uh, I think it's Chemishlev or Sasha Chemishlev. I, I can't remember his last name. But he scored in his 67th debut um, on Friday night in a 3-2 win over Peterborough. Um so he's off on the right foot there. Um, they also get Chase Campbell, who helps them out right now, and a younger forward than Konechny, as I'm not mistaken. And the key part is the draft picks involved. They got eight draft picks for Travis Konechny um. and Sam Stadnika. And these draft picks aren't just late-round picks. They're second-round picks. They're third-round picks in the OHL draft. And this is a couple of years down the line. And on top of that, if Konechny returns to the OHL next year, which is not a guarantee, by the way, so this could have been his last year in the OHL for all we know. We might not even know it until next year comes around. But if he plays in the OHL next year, they get another two draft picks. Wow. 
So that's a that's ten draft picks max for Konechny and two uh, and Stanika and two players that they they got right now to help them right now. And the sixty sevens, even with Konechny in the lineup, they were um, a five hundred team, and they are a five hundred team right now. Uh, and hanging on to one of the final playoff spots in the Eastern Conference, the OHL's Eastern Conference. So even with Konechny in the lineup, this team wasn't exactly a top-tier team in the OHL. And if and as tough a deal as it was to make, Jeff Brown said he wouldn't trade Travis Konechny unless it was for the right price. And I honestly don't think he could have asked for anything better than what he got. Yeah. So if they draft well and they get the pieces that they need to contend for Memorial Cup, not just um, to contend for, you know, go deep into the playoffs and not just next year, but the year after that and the year after that. And you select all these guys through the draft. You build through the draft. You got yourself a very good team, all because you traded away two guys. And if those guys become studs and you trade them for picks, Travis Konechny is the trade that just keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving. So this trade if you look at it down the line, could still be felt in five to ten years. So yeah. I, it's disappointing to lose a, a guy of Konechny's caliber, but I understand why they didn't for, uh, why they did it from a business standpoint, from building a team that's going to contend every year. It totally makes sense. It's sad to see him go, and I wish him and Sam Stanika all the best in Sarnia. They're probably going to be right up there in the Western Conference contending for a Memorial Cup, but. As sad as it is to see them go, I think this will turn out to be a positive thing for the Ottawa 67s. And I think ultimately it was a decision they were going to have to make. It's it's just too bad that it uh, came as soon as it did. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, is this unheard of for OHL or CHL stuff? Because it is kind of ridiculous that it's like, you know, five draft picks. Um, like that. Well, there, there's, there's this guy named Mike McLeod, actually, who got traded from the Mississauga Steelers to the Flint Firebirds. And this guy had a ton of hype. He, he kicked so much butt at this, at this uh, junior tournament, and he won this award that guys like Steven Stamkos and a bunch of other guys in previous tournaments won. So there was a lot of hype surrounding him. Uh, the condition was he wouldn't play for anyone in the GTA. Oh. Uh, anyone outside the GTA, rather. He only wanted to be in the GTA, so Mississauga took him. Fourth <laughs> overall, I believe it was. And they traded him to the Flint Firebirds. Because of the hype that was around him, they got eight draft picks in return. Oh, wow. Mike McLeod didn't want to play for the Flint Firebirds, so they traded him back to Mississauga for <laughs> about the same value as they had to give up to get him. Wow. So, um, so that was kind of pointless for the yeah, uh, Flint Firebirds. It was, it was kind of pointless. Um, so it, it does happen. are rare, but every now and again you see them. And um, if, if you trade them at the right time, you can get a lot back. Like, uh, the Oshawa Generals, who won the Memorial Cup last year, they're below 500. They traded away their best player, Michael Del Cole, his final year in the OHL, to division rival Kingston. So Kingston, who's already great, 
just got even better, and they probably got that division on lockdown at, uh, as we're speaking right now. But uh, they didn't get, I don't think, as big a return as they did for Dal Cole because of how long they waited to trade him. Um, well, not how long they waited to trade him, but when the trade was made and where his career was. But Sarnia's got Pavel Zaka, um, a prospect for the Devils. They have Jacob Chikrin, uh, top 10 prospect probably in this year's NHL draft, um, who they just selected first overall a, a year or two ago. Uh, and now you add Konechny and Stanika to the fray, and you've got yourself a very, very solid contender in the Western Conference. And they're going to need Konechny to be at his best because you have a team like the London Knights who are always good, and they have Mitch Marner and Matt Kachuk and all those guys. Hey. And they have the Winter Spitfires who are doing very well this year themselves. They have the Erie Otters who, um, I don't know if they're still tops in the CHL, um, which is the QMJHL, the WHL, the OHL, they're the tops of anybody. Uh, they're the cream of the crop last year, and for the most part this year, they've still been in the cream of the crop, even without Connor McDavid. And they've right. got them to deal with as well. So the Sarnia Sting needed a player like Travis Konechny. Um, they were obviously willing to give up all those draft picks and prospects in order to get him. So that what that shows me is that Star, Sarnia is willing to go all in. They're ready for a huge run. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done, but what I do know is that Ottawa should greatly benefit from the assets they've acquired for a guy like Konechny, who, um, who's a, a once-in-a-generation in a player when, when he was drafted. There was a lot of hype surrounding him, and a lot of teams wanted him, and Ottawa was the worst. The worst, they got the first overall pick. And when you have an asset like that, you can't just let him walk away. So I applaud Jeff Brown on the tough decision that he that he had to make uh, and that he decided to make. And this is a guy who got traded several times in his NHL career. So he knows what it feels like to go through this. And it's not fun at all. He admitted so himself. But um, it, this is where hockey decisions need to be made and and for the, for the sake of the franchise. And um, as tough a decision as it was, I think it was the right one. Yeah. Um, all right. We have we're we are, we're ten minutes over an hour, so um, I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll make this uh, Bruins send segment a little bit shorter than we usually do. Um, Which is pretty much all you need to know is they play at the night this podcast is being recorded. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, the Bruins. I was actually at the Capitals game yeah. um, on Tuesday with the Bruins. Um, yeah, we didn't. Pl- we played better than we did in the Winter Classic, but uh, we still lost. We played much better in the third, and then uh, yesterday we got David Pasternak back. Woo! Um, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> you're 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 thrilled, I'm sure. Um, and uh, he played well, although he didn't score. But uh, I I liked what he saw what I saw of him, um, and we. And we, oh yeah, we also the the Bruins were the second te- are the second team, I um, in franchise you know in the NHL to get three thousand regular season wins, um, with that win. The only other team to do that, the team everyone loves. Yeah, the Montreal. Really the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I was trying to, like I was thinking when they first announced this on like, on the uh, on like the Bruins Twitter, I was, I was like. 
I wonder who the first team is, and then I'm like, oh, duh, it's Montreal. <laughs> um, like, I guess it could be, like, I'm kind of surprised Detroit hasn't gotten that yet, or uh, I mean, Toronto, the even. The Rangers and the Leafs. Uh, or, t- yeah, or Toronto. Um, but uh, I guess, I mean, I guess it, that kind of makes sense, considering... Toronto has kind of sucked. The New York Rangers had a period that have sucked. Chicago, Chicago had a lot of down years too. So, but like I'm, I'm surprised Detroit hasn't gotten there yet either. But of the original six teams, um, and then uh, yeah. So guess who, uh, guess who's coming back from suspension for tonight's game? Uh, Brad Marchand. Uh, <laughs> So uh, uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll see a Barawecki Marshawn no, showdown. No, not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, according to what I heard from Mark Borietsky. Oh, is he not playing? He, he, oh, no, Mark Borietsky said he's playing, but he's not wasting his time with Marshawn. He uh, he's got a game to win, two points on the line. That's all he's focused on. All right, sure. But you can be sure <laughs> that if he's got a chance to make a big hit and energize his team, and Marshawn just happens to be there, he's gonna take a run out of it. Right, I was about to say, isn't that like, like his role? He's gonna do anything stupid. Right, right. Well, hopefully Marshawn won't do anything stupid, but... Um. Yeah, I can't say the same for Marshawn, but, <laughs> but they need a guy like Mark, Bor- Mark Borbietsky, you know, they, it, it, he is needed on defense, he's needed to be a rock, he can't be in the penalty box and doing stupid things, and um, I think he knows that more than anyone as well. Yeah, so that's your cue to talk more about Ottawa. Yeah, um... Well, like, like we were talking about in the previous podcast, they got shut up by uh, Chicago, which wasn't that big of a surprise. Um, the game after against St. Louis, down 2-0. Um, they fight back in the third period with two goals, force overtime, and Chris Weidman, uh, one of their young defensemen, uh, returns to his hometown, bunch of friends and family in attendance, somehow keeps the puck in after Bobby Ryan slips and falls at the blue line. And Bobby Ryan gets the overtime winner. He gets the assist, and everyone uh, who bothered to come from Ottawa to St. Louis to attend the game went home happy. Uh, <laughs> then Ottawa played Florida. They lost 3-2. to two. They could have won it if it wasn't for eight seconds of hockey because that's how Florida went up 2 nothing. Two goals, two shots, eight seconds. Game, set, match, eventually. And Ottawa outshot Florida, too, so you would argue that they deserved a better fate in that one. Uh, Luongo played pretty well, and, you know, when you're facing a hot team like Florida, it's tough to slow them down, obviously. But right. Those two goals in eight seconds killed them, and they just weren't able to fully recover. On the bright side... Max McCormick got his first NHL goal in that game, and Milan McCulloch returns from injury, and he gets the second goal uh, for the Senators, the second and the last that they scored in that game. So nice to see him get on the board as well. So, um, like like we mentioned, a big tilt tonight, and then Ottawa plays in Washington on Sunday night, and that's going to be a very tough test. uh, especially considering how well Washington has been playing, not just of late, but this season in general. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that should be an interesting matchup. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. They go on that Death Valley road trip. Uh, yeah. I forgot. They saved their season yeah. this time last year, so it, it might not be all that bad. <laughs> I, I, I can only hope. I think the Bruins have, like, I think in their next 
seven days, they have five games or something like that. Like, we have a back-to-back, then we get off, and then we have another back-to-back or something like that. Um, but, uh... They beat New Jersey last night, too. Yeah, they did. Colin Millard uh, had a goal and an, and two, and a, an assist, so he's he's going to do well, hopefully, for uh, more games, if he can that's do that consistently. Good. That's actually good for... Well, not so good for us and good for us. Good for <laughs> good for us because you didn't let New Jersey gain any ground on us. Right. But at the same time, you gained ground on us. So, <laughs> yeah. it's a win-lose situation. Those are always, it's always those awkward things. It's like whenever yeah, it's you like, see... Oh, who do I yeah. It's like whenever you watch like a divisional game, you're like, oh, <laughs> like it's who like, should I root for? We have a more chance of catching. Okay, yeah. I hope they lose. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I guess that's it. Um, I'm I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth, and until we talk again, have a good week. We will um, talk some more hockey in episode number 15 of the Lace Em Up podcast. Yep, see you. <laughs>